Hello and welcome. Thanks for joining us here at Believer's Victory Church. Today we have an inspiring, powerful message that will change your life. Let's listen in as Pastor Peggy Heal teaches us from the Word of God. Glory. Well, here we are. We had such a great service last week with um, Larry Hutton. Wasn't it so good? And uh, I was actually going to start a new series today, but I changed my mind because I felt like, man, that was so good talking about words and the power of words that I just wanted to keep that ball rolling because, you know, our words are so important. And, you know, the words that we say are important, but also the words that God says are important. Amen. And so today I just want to talk to you about some some big words, some big words. And and I've shared this before, but, you know, it, we, we learned last week how important our words are. How our words, how Larry, Larry Hutton said, they hand us things, right? Well, you know what? God's word hands us things too. Amen? Aren't you glad about that? God's word hands us things. God's word changes our life. God's word is his promises to us. And so there's a, a, a five words in the, actually six because one of them is two words, but five words in the Bible that uh, are just so powerful and they are these. Whoever, anything, whatever, all things, and always. These are big words, and they've got big meaning. Amen? Turn over your Bibles to John 3.16. We hear this all the time. We see it at football games. People hold up the sign. But we need to be reminded how powerful this scripture is. Amen? It says, this is our word, whoever. Whoever, it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that, say the word with me, whoever, whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You know, don't let anybody ever tell you that for any reason whatsoever at all, you are disqualified from the love of God. That is simply not true. It is not true. You know, not because of a lifestyle, not because of a sin, not because of, a, of, of anything. There's nothing, if you are a whoever then you qualify. Isn't that good? If you're a whoever, you qualify for the love of God. If you're a whoever, God sent his only son to die for you. And you know what? The enemy is always trying to tell us that there's some reason that we don't qualify for the things of God. You know, he'll look way back in our past. He'll try to dig stuff up. He'll try to get some bonehead idiot to tell us something that's not true. How many ever met one of those, right? You know, it'd be like, oh no, you know, God doesn't love you. No, God does love you because you are a whoever. And we say, who does God love? Whoever. Amen. If you're human, God loves you. Jesus came for you. Salvation is available to you. There is no one that salvation is not available to. Not one single person. And so that word whoever is so, is just, that's a big word. Because it, it, you know, I mean, not that we're going to get really deep here, but when it says whoever, who does that mean? Whoever. whoever. <laughs> we're so deep in here today, right? And then the next word is anything. This is a big word too. Anything. And God said in Jeremiah thirty-two twenty-seven, he said, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything, anything. too hard for me? Isn't that good? And when God asks a question, how many know he already knows the answer? He just wants you to think about it. You know, you ever notice when, when God was talking to Adam in the Garden of Eden, he said, he said, who told you that? He already knew. 
God already knew. And so God is saying, he's telling us, he's reminding us who he is. He says, behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. All flesh. Nobody's disqualified. Is there anything too hard for me? How many got some hard stuff in your life right now? That's some hard stuff. You're like, man, I don't know. I don't know. You ever look at a situation that's like, I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do. Uh, God says, there, is anything too hard for me? And when we look at that, we need to remind ourselves, you know what? This is anything. And God said that there's nothing that's too hard for him. He says, is there anything too hard for me? And the answer is no. Amen? The answer is no. And then we're, we're, we're moving quick. And then the next word is whatever. Whatever. How many know that whatever is one of those words you can really say with some attitude, right? Oh, yeah. Whatever, right? But when God says it, it, it means something different. In Mark eleven twenty three, we all know this scripture, but it's so powerful. And, and this is Jesus talking. We spent a lot of time on this when we were doing our faith series. And he says, for assuredly, it's like he really wants us to make sure that we understand that what he's about to say is true. You ever notice whenever Jesus he would talk, he would always like preface it with like, this is true. For assuredly, these things I say to you are truth, right? Why? Because they're so hard to believe. They're so hard to believe. And when Jesus was talking, it was hard for people to comprehend that what he was saying was true because it was so good. And so Jesus is saying, for assuredly, he's saying, listen, this is for real. Listen up. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever, here's that word again, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things, say those things, those things he says will be done. He will have whatever, whatever he says. There's power in our words. Amen. There's power in our words. Whatever. That's a big word there. And then the next one, all things, Mark 10, 27. For with God, all things are possible. All things. For with God, all things are possible. Man, isn't that good? Yes. All things are possible. God said, is there anything too hard for me? Nope. He said, whoever can have whatever and he said, all things are possible. All things. all things are possible. You know, when we remind ourselves of these truths, it, it stirs our faith. It reminds us that we're not alone. It reminds us that we're not limited to our own ability. See, when you start thinking and living from a place where you are living from your own ability, your own resources, the natural, we would say, you are limiting the power of God in your life, and you are not acting in faith. You are not walking in faith. You are not speaking in faith. You are not in faith at all. You are just in what you have. It doesn't take me faith to, real, to, to add one plus one is two. We don't have to be big faith giants for that, do we? One plus one is two. Even in Common Core, one plus one is two. Right? And so I don't need faith for that because that's natural. That's what I can touch. That's what I can see. That's what I understand. That's what I can do. That's what I can do. And so it's important to remind ourselves of these big words, to remind ourselves that I'm not limited to just what I can do. 
I'm not limited by that. God said, is there anything too hard for, for him? There's a lot of things that are too hard for me. You know, I got this shoe rack in the mail the other day, and it has directions, and I open it, and I start to put it, I'm just like, my mind is, just does not work that way. It's just, I, I'm a pretty smart person. I mean, I have, I have diplomas. I've got, you know, I've got some stuff going on. You know what I'm saying? But I'll tell you what, I cannot put anything together to save my life. I mean, and it, it just takes me forever. And then it's wobbly, you know. I, I got this other thing when Scott was away, and I was like, I can do this. I can do this. And so I put it together, and it's like all wobbly. I can't figure out how to make it not wobbly. He comes home. He's like, burp, burp, it's perfect. It's like Roz was at my house, and she's trying to show me. How many in here know how to fold a fitted sheet? Raise your hand. Let me just be impressed by you. You know, and so, right, that's how I do it. I'm just like, throw it in the closet. And so, so Roz over, she's like, oh, my, you know, her head's starting to spin around. And I said, Roz, I don't really care. I don't care how to fold a fitted sheet. It doesn't, you know, I said, you've showed me before. I just... So she showed me again. So last night, boy, I'm getting, the, I'm getting it out of the dryer, and I'm like, I can do this. This king-size fitted sheet is not too much for me, right? But I'll tell you what, it was a lot of effort, and it still didn't look like hers. But, you know, I just, I'm limited greatly. Greatly. I'm limited. There's just some areas, man, there's every area I'm limited. But there's some areas I'm super limited. But here's the thing. With God... We're not limited. Amen? Because with God, we're with him. Amen. And he's with us. Amen. And so we need to be reminded, I'm not, I'm not by myself. I'm not by myself. And God brings people into our lives to fill the voids that we have. And he brings ability and, and we operate above our own ability because of God. Because you know what? He said, for with God. Amen? With God, all things are possible. All things are possible. And then the next one, I love this one. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse number 14. Oh, this is so good. He says, now thanks be to God who always, always leads us in triumph in Christ. Always. There's a victory for you always. Amen. You may not see it right in that moment. You may not see it right in that day. But if you'll keep letting God lead you, he will lead you into the triumph. He will lead you into the victory. He will lead you into his promise. Amen. But the, pro the, the point is we got to let him lead. Amen. He's the lead. It says, now thanks be to God who always leads us into triumph in Christ. And through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. Oh, man, that's good. That's good right there. Always. always. Amen. Always. If you let God, he'll lead you always. God will never leave you. You'll never get at a point where you're just like, where do I go? It's like if you ever had where your phone dies and you're using the GPS, man, you're out of luck. <laughs> you're like, where, which way? Well, I didn't know where to go. God's battery never dies. Amen. He's never out of range. He's never in a dead zone. He's never, you know, none of that. None of that happens with God. But the problem isn't with God. The problem is usually with us. 
that we quit letting him lead. He says that now thanks be to God. Thanks, thank you, Lord. Thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph. If we'll follow God, it'll lead where we need to go. Amen? Now, it may go through a valley. It may go through a shadow of death. It may go through a, a hard time because that's life and that's part of life. But you know what? If we'll let him lead, he'll lead us right out of it. He'll lead us out of that difficult time. He'll lead us right out of that, that difficulty. He'll lead us out of that hardship. And through those times, we're going to get stronger and we're going to get strengthened. But we've got to let him lead. We've got to let him lead. He's the lead. That's why I say all the time, and I say it all the time, Lord, I thank you that you are the shepherd and I am the sheep. You're the shepherd. The shepherd leads the shepherd feeds. The shepherd protects his sheep. That's God's job to watch over me. That's God's job to take care of me because I'm his. I'm his sheep. Amen. And I love the next part of this. And through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. How many of you know I walked in somewhere and they had one of those diffusers? And if you know me, I am not into smell. I don't like things that smell. I don't, I don't, I'm not into that. I just, I got a reaction to it. Like I know a lot of people, you love those essential oils. I'm not one of those people, all right? Because I just, I just react to it. I have a physical reaction to it. Maybe it's all in my head. I don't know, but that's where I'm at right now today, you know? And so I walked in somewhere and they had one of those diffusers going. And I, you know, you can see it. And you're just like, I'm looking and it's going, it was actually a church. I walked into a church and they had a diffuser going. And I was just like, oh, you know, because I could see it coming out of the thing. I could see it coming out and it's filling the whole room with the smell of it. But you know what? Listen, and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. You know what? If you'll let God, you'll be the diffuser. Amen? God wants you to be the diffuser so that everywhere we go, people can see, just like I saw in that diffuser. You guys know what I'm talking about, those diffusers and stuff comes out of them. And so God, that's us. God says he wants us to be the diffuser where coming out of us is, the not, is his knowledge in every place that we go. How many know there's a lot of places that need the knowledge of God? Amen? Need the knowledge of God. Some homes need the knowledge of God. Amen? Some governmental agencies need the knowledge of God. Every, everywhere needs the knowledge of God. And he says this, he says, and through us. I'm the diffuser. And through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. Man, isn't that good? These are big words. You know why? Because God's a big God. God is a big God, and he wants to do big things in our life. And sometimes big things are just a whole bunch of little things added up. Amen. Sometimes we're waiting for, you know, just like the Bible says, you know, you're waiting for the lightning, or you're waiting for, you know, the storm, or you're waiting for the roar of God's voice. And it's that still, small whisper. Sometimes we're waiting for God to move in such a big way, but God's going to move in lots of tiny ways. So now we've heard all these big words, right? Let's go over them again. Whoever, 
Next time somebody tells you God's mad at them, God doesn't love them, God's not for them, you just look at them and say, are you a whoever? Then God loves you. Then God's got a plan for you. Then Jesus came for you. Amen? Not only did he come for you, he died for you. Because you're a whoever. You know, nothing makes me angrier than people that, that try to make God's love less by excluding certain people from it. And that makes me, you know, I, I don't get in people's faces very much, but for that I will. Because that's not God. And so, so many people are just wrong in that. Next one was anything. It's anything too hard for God. Anything. Man, think about the toughest thing going on in your life. Or we look at our nation, and it's just, we're, I mean, we're, we're out of place, man. Where it just seems like, man, can anything fix this? Can anything make this better? Or maybe it's a doctor report that you got. And the doctors are saying there's nothing they can do. There's nothing they can do, but God says, is anything too hard for me? Is anything? You know, I always joke and say, you know what, I've, I've seen too much. When people try to tell me that God's not a healer, that this and that, I just look at them just like, I've already, I've already, I've been there. I've been there. I've seen people healed. I've seen people healed right before my eyes. I have been healed. When the doctor said, nope, this is how it's always going to be. I've been, I've been that person. And so you, you can't tell me that there's anything too hard for God. Because I've already seen him come through too many times. Too many times. Too many times. No matter what it is. There's, no, there's, there's one position that no believer should ever be in, and it's a space of hopelessness where you feel like there's no hope, that it will never change, it will never get better, it will never work out, it will never, 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 never. That's another big word. Because God says, is there anything too hard for me? Anything. But you know what? you got to let him lead. For surely I say, Jesus said, for surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain. And so we know nothing is too hard for God. We know that we're a whoever. And now he's saying, listen, you better start saying the right thing. Amen? You better start saying the right thing because this works both ways. Because what we say, whatever we say is what's coming. Whatever we say is what's coming. Amen? And then all things, with God, all things are possible. All things. And then my fave, always. Always. You know, a lot, we've been let down a lot, right? You know, we could go around and everybody could tell their story about how they were let down, whether by a parent or a spouse or whatever. We've, we've been let down. We've been lied to. We've been let down. Somebody said they'd be there, and they weren't. And that can produce in you a sense of abandonment where when, some, when somebody says, man, I'll be there for you, you immediately revert back to that, mm, probably not. Probably not because you know what? So many people haven't been. Probably not. That's why we got to remember this, God's not a people. God's not your dad, your biological dad. God's not the spouse who left you. God's not the, the coach who ridicu ridiculed you. That's not God. God is God. Yes. 
He is bigger and greater. And he said, always. He said, now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph. Always. You know, we got a trust problem. We got a trust problem. We're like, man, Lord, I know you're saying that, but I've been, we don't say these things out loud, but our actions say them. But I've been let down so much. I've been let, let, let down so much. It's hard for me to trust you. It's hard for me to let you lead me. Because I've been, you know, I hear people say, they say, man, I've been taking care of myself since I was 12 years old, since I was whatever, whatever. It's hard for me to let somebody else do it. But you know what? You've got to realize you're not capable of doing what only God can do. You can't do it. You may have been taking care of yourself for a long time, but the level of your care is nowhere near the level of God's care. It's nowhere near the level of God's care. And so that's how we have to remind ourselves and say, you know what? These are big words, but they are backed up by a big God. These are big words, but they're backed up by a big God. And he says, now thanks be to God who always, 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 God will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll never be over you. He will never not love you. That's another big word. I need to add that one to the sermon. Never. Never. You know, never is a huge word, and it rarely applies. It rarely applies, especially in relationships, when you say, you never. It's probably not true. Somewhere they had to have, or you wouldn't be where you are probably, right? But when God says never, he means never. And he said he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He'll never be over you. He'll never not love you. Why? He's a big God. And he'll always lead you in triumph. You know what? There's victory. I just want you to think about that. There's victory ahead of you. Isn't that what triumph is? There's victory ahead of you. There's victory in your future. There's victory in your steps if you let God lead you. Amen. You say, oh, pastor, you don't know my situation. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? God created, God created you. You don't think he can get you out of debt? God created you. You don't think he can heal your broken heart? God created you. You don't think he can lead you to the right person? Amen. God, God created you. There's nothing too hard for him, but we got to trust him. Amen? Trust him. And when God says, give, we get. You say, how do I, how do I, well, I trust God. I trust God. You know I trust God, Pastor. Well, how come when God says give, you don't? How come when God says stop talking, you don't? How come when God says turn right, you turn left? Amen? If you trust him, how come you're not following him? Amen? You know, we trust people. You know, I was thinking about this the other day. When you are a passenger in a vehicle, you are putting tremendous trust in the driver. Amen. Tremendous trust. Sometimes reluctantly, you know. You know, and you know what made me think about it? Because we were driving in the car, and, and, you know, I don't have good depth perception, which my husband loves to point out. 
Um, like, I think everything is really close. Or maybe it's his driving. You know? He's not here. I'll talk about him. So the other day we're driving, and so you know how, how many passengers, you're like, you, you hit the, like, and he's like, there's no brake over there. And I'm like, I wish there was. I wish there was. And I started thinking to myself, you know, I'm really trusting you. I'm trusting you, drama much, I'm trusting you with my life when you drive this car. I'm trust. I'm in the passenger seat. And wherever you want to go, that's where we're going to go. And we're going to go as fast or as slow as you want to because you are the driver. See where I'm going? Every time you get in a car, you're putting tremendous trust in a person. Why can't we put trust in God and let him drive? Amen? Let him lead. Let him be the tour person. Let him be the one that decides how fast we go or how slow we go. Let him be the one to decide when we stop and when we go. Let him be the one to decide how close we get to other people. Well, that's good. That's a good one. We got to let God lead because that's what he does. Every time we get in that car, we're putting trust. That same, that same kind of trust we need to put in God. And if we will, he says he will lead us into triumph. Amen. But so often, we're like, let me drive. I want to drive. And God's saying, let me drive. Let me lead you. Because here's the thing about God. He knows the way. Amen? He knows the way. What sense would it make to let the person who doesn't know the way be the driver, the one who doesn't know the hazards that are coming up, who doesn't know how to go around the accidents, doesn't know when the crazy drivers are coming. Why would you let the inexperienced, doesn't know the way, doesn't know what's going on, can't see ahead person drive when you've got the driver who sees ahead. He's Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who sees ahead and provides, amen? Why not let El Shaddai drive, the one who is all-powerful, amen? Why are we saying, no, no, let me drive? You say, well, I don't do that. Well, let's take an inventory and really ask ourselves if we do that. Because God has told us some things. If you're, you know, when you don't forgive, you're driving. When you don't give, you're driving. When you don't watch your words, you're driving. When you don't honor the Lord, you're driving. Because you're doing it your way. Amen? We got to let God drive. We got to let him lead. Now, thanks be to God. We need to be thankful that God's driving. Now, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph. Lord, I know if I do it your way, it's going to lead to triumph. Lord, I know if I follow you, it's going to lead to triumph. 
Lord, I know when I put you first, it leads to triumph. Lord, I know when you are the, you are the driver, it's gonna, you're going to drive me to triumph. Because that's what the word says. That's what the word says. Amen? You know, when we're thinking about our lives and we're thinking about building and our words, you know, Hebrews 11.3, it says this. I, I didn't give it to them, so let me just read it to you. It says, by faith, we understand. Was it up there? Oh, these guys are so good. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. It says not by faith. We're faith people. You have to have faith to be a believer. None of us in here saw the birth of Jesus None of us in here physically saw the life of Jesus. None of us in here physically saw the crucifixion of Jesus. None of us in here physically saw him walk out of the tomb. Nobody saw that. But why do we believe it? We believe it by faith. By faith. We believe in something we did not see. It's faith. And so the Bible says, by faith... We believe in something we did not see. We are firmly persuaded in something. We are firmly persuaded. Man, you can't move me off the fact that Jesus is real. Can't move me off it. I, I am fully convinced. That's another word for faith. Fully convinced. He says, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are, which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Listen, you can't see your tomorrow. You don't know what tomorrow looks like. But today, just like God framed the world with his words, I am framing tomorrow with my words. Because God's words are big and my words are big. The Bible says that God framed the world. Framed the world. So if he did that, he's telling me, hey, you're going to frame yours too. You're going to frame yours too. And if you know anything about uh, construction or anything like that, when they put the foundation down, our foundation is Jesus, right? He is our foundation. Foundation is God and how much he loves us and that he will always lead me into triumph and I can have whatever and I'm a whoever, right? That's my foundation. But now it's up to me to begin to build and frame my world. And how I do that is going to determine how my house or my life stands. The Bible says in Matthew that the, the, the storm comes, the wind comes, the rain comes, and it beat on the house. But one house was built on the rock of God. And one was built on the sand of the ever-changing culture and world of today. The storm came to both houses, but only one house stood. The house that had the strong foundation. And so we have that strong foundation, and now we're building our house. And how are we doing that? With our words. See, God's words are big, but so are mine. Amen? Amen? So are mine. Because you know what? I'm created in the image and the likeness of God. God made me like him. I'm not God, but God made me like him. The Bible says that I am a speaking spirit. 
am a three-part being. And the, my spirit man is the most real part of me. And it speaks. And those words have power. We just heard the powerful words of God. But you know what? My words are powerful too. And so when we look at my words, I just want to encourage us here. As we're closing up, we've learned how powerful words are. God's word is powerful. Your word is powerful. I'm going to frame my tomorrow with the words I say today. Amen? And so I'm either going to build this jalopy of a house that can't stand for nothing, or I'm going to build something strong. I'm going to build something sturdy. I'm going to build something that's lined up with the foundation. Because if I have my foundation, which is the gospel, and then, my found, and then I start building way over there, how many know that's not going to work? But when I'm building, when I have the foundation, and it's the word of God, it's the way of God, it's God's will and God's word and God's way, it's the gospel, and then I start saying something totally different, I'm running over here and building. And then we're like, man, I just can't seem to get very far. Well, you're not even building on your foundation. You're not even building, because when I, if I want to build it right, whatever I frame is going to line up with the Word of God. Amen? And we know, the Bible tells us in Proverbs 18, 20, it says we eat the fruit of our words. We eat the fruit of our words. What is this? It says we eat the fruit of our words. Isn't that good? What does that mean? It means whatever you're saying today, you're going to eat tomorrow. You ever think about that? Whatever I'm saying today, I'm going to eat it tomorrow and the next day and the next day. Why? Because my words are framing my life. They're framing it. So if you don't like what's being built, change what you say. Get your words to line up with God's word. Because when our words line up with God's word, they align with the foundation. And when I'm aligned with the foundation, I'm stronger. When I'm aligned with the foundation of God's word, I'm sturdy. When I'm aligned, doesn't mean the wind's not going to come, doesn't mean the rain's not going to come, but it does mean that I'm going to be strong enough to get through it. Because the Bible says the winds came, the rain came, the storm came, and the one that was built on the sand, it said it fell, and great was its fall. But the one built on the rock, the foundation of the word, it stood and it stood strong. We eat the fruit of our words. If you don't like what you're eating, what are you eating, what do you do? You change. You change. You eat something different. You know? Eat something different. It's funny, we were at my house for uh, one, of, one of the kids' birthday, and we had, um, you know, our thing is, if it's your birthday, you can eat whatever you want. And so it was uh, Kaylee's birthday. And she wanted, she's five, she's turned five. She wanted sushi, she wanted hot dogs. Hey, that's what she gets, sushi and hot dogs. So we had sushi, we had hot dogs. So we had like three different kinds of hot dog buns because we like variety. And one of the buns was a Hawaiian onion hot dog roll. It was as good as it sounds. And so my, my dad's wife, Judy, she didn't get one of those. And she was like, oh, I wish I would have got one of those. I, I got a plain one. And so I said to her, I said, well, change it. And she said, oh, no, I already got this one. And I said, Judy, 
Life is too short not to eat the hot dog bun you want. I said, seriously, there's plenty of hot dog buns. Just change it. But I'll tell you what, she was so set into what she picked is what she stuck with that I, I literally had to, like, say it again. I was like, Judy, we got plenty of hot dog We got way too many hot dog buns. Just get the one you want. But you know what? How many of us are stuck with a plain hot dog bun? Right? We're like, well, this is the one, this is the one I was raised with. This is the one, this is the side of the tracks I'm from. This is, this is how my family always is. This is the kind of hot dog buns we eat. This is the only kind we get. We're not open to any better ones or new flavors. No, no. We eat the plain. Listen, life's too short not to change what you eat. Life's too short not to start speaking different words. We eat the fruit of our words. If you don't like what you're eating, you don't like how you're living, change what you are saying. Amen? That's what the word says. We eat the fruit of our words. The Bible tells us in Matthew 12, 34 through 27, you know, you can read that. We're going to run short on time. It just means this. We bring forth things with our words. You know, I heard a preacher say it one time like this when I was young. He said, words are like, words have handles. They're like big tongs. And your words are reaching out and grabbing whatever they're saying and bringing it into your life. If you don't like what you're bringing into your life, do an inventory of what you're saying. And if you say, oh, I always say the right thing, ask somebody who loves you enough to speak the truth to you. You know, one time I was like, you know, I'm going to put the recorder in my, on my phone. I'm just going to turn it on and listen to myself all day. But when you know it's there, you're like, glory to God. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Right? We need to get somebody to sneak it in so that we'd really know. Because here, here's the thing. Either God's word is true or you're smarter than God. I mean, that, that's the choice. So if we don't like what's coming, if we don't like what we're eating, if we don't like what's coming forth, God says over and over and over in his word, hey, change your words. We got, we got to say, hmm, maybe God knows something. He has been around a while. We can turn our whole body around with our words. You can, turn, you can turn an entire situation around with your words. The Bible says a gentle answer turns away wrath. You can change the environment in a room with words. You can change a relationship with words. You can change anything with words. Amen? And lastly, we know this one, Mark eleven twenty three. 23. We can move mountains with our words. But you know what? If you can move them, you know what else you can do with them? You can build them. You can build mountains with your words. You can make, make a mountain out of a molehill. How many ever heard that? You can do that. Our words are powerful. Our entire belief system is based, listen to me, on words. We believe God's word. We believe John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave. We believe that. And we acted on it. And when we acted on it, something happened to us. 
our body was aching and was, was void of something and we knew it. And when the word of God came and we got born again and we acted on that word and we said words, when we confessed Jesus as Lord, they were words, it changed our lives. Why do we get born again and then forget the power of our words? We got saved with them. We released faith with them. We accepted Jesus with them. They changed our life then. They still change our life. Amen? Our words are powerful. Let's let God do the driving and let's say what he says. Amen? Let's pray together. Father, I just pray right now in the name of Jesus.